Hello, you are listening to Kanecast, a podcast that provides commentary on the economy and financial markets by the Kane Anderson Rudnick Investment Management Team. Hello, this is Jordan Greenhouse, Managing Director with Kane Anderson Rudnick, and with me today I have Julie Kudasab, Senior Portfolio Manager and Research Analyst with the Kane Anderson Rudnick Small Cap Value Portfolio. Julie, thank you very much for the time and the insights today. Hello, Jordan. Happy to be here. Julie, the first quarter of 2022 saw increased volatility, leading to an overall flat to negative returns across most equity asset classes. Can you discuss some of the key drivers that drove these returns? Yes. Equities experienced a very volatile start to the year. First, due to concerns over rising inflation and worries that the Federal Reserve would increase interest rates sooner and more aggressively than expected, and then due to a dramatic deterioration on the geopolitical arena with Russia's invasion of Ukraine that began on February 24th and unprecedented economic sanctions that followed. Although both Russia and Ukraine represent a very small portion of the world GDP, Russia is a key supplier of oil and natural gas to Western Europe. As a result, energy prices surged during the quarter. Both Russia and Ukraine are also among the world's largest producers of agricultural products, such as wheat, corn and fertilizers, raising concerns over rising food prices globally. As it relates to the interest rate outlook, recall that all of this is already taking place against the backdrop of significant inflationary pressures on input costs, raw materials, labor and freight, triggered by post-pandemic supply chain disruptions and labor shortages. These pressures intensified further during the quarter and are now expected to be more meaningful and last longer than initially anticipated, potentially forcing the Fed to increase interest rates more aggressively. At the same time, the Russia conflict may limit the Fed's ability to rein in inflation should the economy show signs of weakening. The KAR portfolios typically hold up better during market downturns given our focus on high-quality differentiated companies. During the first quarter of 2022, this hasn't really been the case. Can you talk about some of the key reasons behind this? As you noted, slowing economic growth usually leads investors to focus on quality, solid balance sheets, earnings stability, strong returns on capital, and sustainable secular growth. This down market was quite different. The first quarter's performance for the Russell 2000 value benchmark was driven by low-quality names, those with low earnings quality, weaker balance sheets, and high volatility. Why was that the case? Firstly, interest rates, albeit up slightly following the Fed's action in March and expected to increase further, remain low by historic standards, continuing to favor more levered companies. Secondly, inflationary dynamics drove out performance of commodity plays, such as energy and basic materials companies. High energy prices drove the benchmark's energy holdings up over 40% during the quarter. This is very different from an economic slowdown scenario, where reduced demand is typically reflected in lower energy prices. The strategy has a structurally low exposure to the energy sector, no energy holdings currently, and a very different set of holdings in the material sector, due to the segment's inherent capital intensity and direct commodity exposures, things that we shy away from as investors in high-quality companies.
What were the names that distracted most from performance during the quarter, and what names contributed most positively? Site one landscape supply took a site, and Latham Group took a swim, were our weakest performers during the quarter. Other detractors included Scott's Miracle Grow, Tika SMG, Azenta, Tika AZTA, and Thor Industries, Tika THO. Site One is the largest and only national wholesale distributor of landscape supplies. Shares declined primarily due to a short term pause in margin improvement expected this year. Last year, the company delivered solid organic revenue growth and profitability expansion. Our investment thesis in the company remains intact. Due to its size, Site 1 is able to exert better pricing from suppliers while at the same time pricing at a premium to customers, landscape professionals. Despite being the largest, the company holds a modest share of the highly fragmented landscape supplies distribution market, providing what we believe to be ample opportunity for revenue growth and further profitability expansion through industry consolidation. Latham Group is one of the largest manufacturers of fiberglass pools. Fiberglass pools cost less and have lower repair and maintenance expenses compared to traditional concrete pools. A typical fiberglass pool is also much quicker to install, with fewer crew members required, while profit per pool is comparable to that of concrete, making it an attractive value proposition for both consumers and dealers. Shares lacked, however, primarily driven by higher-than-expected input cost inflation. We see these issues as temporary in nature and believe that the fiberglass pool industry's penetration in North America will continue to increase with the economic advantages of fiberglass further amplified by current labor shortages and wage inflation. Jack Henry and Associates, ticker JKHY, was our highest stock contributor for the quarter. Other top contributors were Terminix, ticker TMX, Cheesecake Factory, ticker Cake, RLI Corporation, ticker RLI, and Watsco, ticker WSO. Jack Henry is a leading provider of computer systems and transaction processing services to community banks and credit unions. Shares reacted positively to better-than-anticipated revenue growth and improved fiscal 2022 guidance announced during the quarter. Jack Henry has one of the longest histories and one of the best reputations in the bank processing industry. We see the company's longevity, financial strength, and excellent reputation representing important elements influencing the generally conservative bank executive's decision-making process. Additionally, once in place, a co-processing system, mission-critical by nature, becomes highly integrated with clients' cooperations, making switching to a new vendor both costly and potentially disruptive. Lastly, Julie, as we move into the second quarter, what are the key considerations you're evaluating from a portfolio perspective? COVID-19 has certainly proven to be an unpredictable enemy, as evidenced by its multiple variants and the recent case resurgence in China, so it will remain a wild card, at least in the near term. The pandemic has now been overshadowed, of course, by a great deal of uncertainty on the geopolitical front a whole new set of concerns over how the war would affect the global economy. For strategies with minimal direct exposure to Russia and Ukraine, such as this one, the crisis should have little direct impact. Potential secondary effects are more concerning, however, 
Rising prices at the gas pump, for instance, may put pressure on consumer spending, the key driver of the U.S. economy, increasing the likelihood of stagflation. We believe that our companies, albeit not immune, are better protected in that scenario. Our companies perform better than their low-quality counterparts during challenging economic periods. As I mentioned, we shy away from capital intensity and direct commodity exposure, and in our view, our company's leading market positioning provides them with solid pricing power, including the ability to pass through any input cost increases to their customers. Every crisis also presents an opportunity. In fact, our favorite way of new idea generation is looking for companies in segments under pressure, searching for those that are protected from those issues. And we're always looking for companies that are well positioned to benefit from any structural shifts, be it digital transformation or deglobalization. While the current geopolitical environment is highly uncertain, we continue doing what we have always done focusing on differentiated, protectable businesses. We seek self-funding entities, producing solid returns on capital from strong balance sheets, a set of characteristics which we believe is very relevant today. Julie, as always, thank you so much for the time and the insight you provide our listeners, and we look forward to future conversations. Thanks, Jordan. Kane Cast is the official podcast series of Kane Anderson Rutnick Investment Management, CAR. This material is provided as a matter of general information and is not intended to be relied upon as a forecast or research. The opinions expressed herein are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the opinions of CAR or its affiliates, are current as of the date and time of the recording, and are subject to change at any time due to changes in the market or economic conditions. The information and opinions contained in this material are derived from proprietary and non-proprietary sources deemed by CAR, to be reliable and are not necessarily all-inclusive. CAR does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of this information. This communication should not be construed as an offer or solicitation to purchase or sell any security. Individuals should consult with a qualified financial professional before making any investment decisions. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the listener. To the extent any performance is discussed, past performance is not indicative of future results.